This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Monday, April 25th, and you are listening to the West of the Rest podcast. My name is Blair Angulo, joined by my co-host, Brandon Huffman, the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. Brandon, how are we doing? It's great. It's not as beautiful out as it could have been. But hey, Blair, you know, we're wrapping up spring ball. We're in the eval period. The transfer portal deadline is coming up. What more could we ask for as college football recruiting fans? It's a lot better than the last couple of years. I will say that, right? With with the visits, with the recruits getting on campuses, so much to see, so much to talk about. And we will discuss a little bit of quarterback, Jaden Rashada, heading out to SEC country for an official visit. Uh, We'll talk about another SEC school getting a a, a highly regarded corner from the West Coast. Uh, And we're going to dive a little bit into Oregon's visitor list this past weekend for the spring game, the first one in the Dan Landing era up at Autzen Stadium. But let's kick it off with Jaden Rashada. He took an official visit out to Ole Miss. Uh, the Rebels trying to make a push for a quarterback out West. It's not anything that Lane Kiffin is a stranger to, right? We've seen him go out West for quarterbacks in, in the past. You you have a transfer uh, in Jackson Dart, who was originally from the state of Utah, played at USC for years. Now, uh, running the show there at Ole Miss. Uh, he's been known to recruit West Coast quarterbacks b- before that as well, getting a Matt Corral from the, the the prettiest place on the planet. From God's country, the city of Ventura, baby. So Lane Kiffin is, is going back into that well, right? He's going back into a a tried and proven breeding ground uh, uh, per se for him in terms of a, a very important quarterback position that he knows is is kind of pivotal to what he wants to do offensively. Uh, what do we know about Jin Rashada and, and Ole Miss and kind of his recruitment moving forward? Well, by all accounts, it was a good visit for Jaden Rashada down to Ole Miss. Ole Miss had been a school. He had been strongly considering really since the fall. Uh, Jeff Levy, the former offensive coordinator at Ole Miss, who's since gone on to Oklahoma, had been running primary on him when he was still at Ole Miss. Uh, when Ole Miss had the coaching change, when Levy left for Oklahoma, and then Charlie Weiss took the offensive coordinator job at Charlie Weiss Juniors, I need to mention, uh, took the OC job at Ole Miss. Ole Miss stayed in it, uh, had not been the favorite uh, like some might have thought, but they have been in the mix for him. Now, all signs are pointed to Marcel Reed committing to the to the Rebels uh, on Monday, but I would still imagine if Jaden Rashada wanted to go to Ole Miss, they would make base for him. Now, the key caveat with Jaden Rashada was a couple things. Two, he was supposed to visit Oregon last weekend for an unofficial visit. Despite there being reports that Oregon pushed this visit back, they wanted the last official, it was never an official visit. It was always an unofficial visit, and Rashada's camp was who pushed it back from what I was told they were still being asked as late as Thursday night to still reconsider and take that unofficial to Oregon. They decided to push it back. Uh, Dante Moore will take an official to Oregon this next coming weekend. Rashada will likely go the weekend after, if not a bit later. 
but Oregon is still in play there. But here's kind of the new entry to the group, and that is Texas A&M. They lost their quarterback commitment early on. Uh, they had a commitment from Louisiana. Um, Eli Holstein. Yeah, Eli Holstein. There you go. Sorry. So Eli Holstein had been committed, then decommitted last month. Now there's a lot of signs pointing to Florida there. Billy Napier, uh, obviously plenty familiar with him from his time in Louisiana. So A&M needs a quarterback. Well, A&M offers Jaden Rashada last week and almost in a matter of you know hours, there was already discussion about when that official visit to College Station would take place. I think Texas A&M will very much be a factor here. Miami is still looming in this recruitment. Obviously, Oregon's a part of the, uh, the process as well. Arkansas very likely to get a commitment from Malachi Singleton at some point this week as well, where all signs are pointing there. Uh, so a couple of the schools that he's visited in recent weeks may have their quarterback, but Rashad is a talent that if he wanted to come, he'd still take him, yet he's more likely to look at the schools like an AM, like an Oregon, like a Miami that are, you know, Cal is not giving up hope with him either to keep him close to home. Uh, schools like that are at Ole Miss as well. They're all looking to get Rashada on the boat, but there doesn't seem to be any kind of immediacy from him to make a decision. And I think he holds a lot of the leverage right now. He holds a lot of that power on his own side with him being probably one of the bigger dominoes that is yet to fall. You have the Arch Manning, you have the Dante Moore domino, and, and then Jaden Rashada deserves to kind of have his own domino that that will fall as well. And and I, I wanted to ask you, how big do you think maybe the quarterback situation at these schools will be in terms of his decision? Because Texas A&M, despite offering recently and, and being a mega recruiting power right now in the college football world did get a, a five-star quarterback in Connor Wigman in the 2022 class. You you look at maybe some of the other possibilities for him, right? Miami, not sure they got a a, a quarterback that would scare away a Jaden Rashada. Ole Miss missed on, a, missed on a bunch of prospects that they were after, including Devin Brown, who ended up at Ohio State after he decommitted from USC. Not sure they took anyone that is going to scare away a Jaden Rashada. Oregon is in that same boat, right? They've I think they've been struggling to recruit and, and land their first or even second choice quarterbacks in, in the last couple of recruiting cycles. Uh, and it would set up to be a, a really nice situation there for him if you were to end up there. So I'm curious, how much do you think he looks at that quarterback room and the situation in each of these places? Yeah, I think if you look at, you know, in Oregon, they've got Bo Nix coming in and he's a, he's a grad tra- or he's a transfer. So this would be his fourth year. Theoretically, he could leave after this season. They still have Ty Thompson uh, coming in. Uh, or I guess he would be a redshirt freshman this year. Uh, Jay Butterfield, who interestingly enough, uh, Jaden Rashada, when he was a freshman in high school, backed up Jay Butterfield, who was a senior then at Liberty High School in Brentwood, California. Uh, you look at Miami, Tyler Van Dyke is getting a lot of positive reviews for his spring football. He could come out theoretically. He's being considered by some as a Heisman dark horse in 2022. He will be eligible draft-wise after this season. So the Miami job could come open. Ole Miss, obviously with Jackson Dart, uh, you know, there, there's obviously the potential where if he were to pick Ole Miss, he would likely have to sit a year behind Jackson Dart, Texas A&M. You've got Haynes King, you've got Connor Wigman. So you've got some some traffic at some other places, but it's a matter of, is he scared off by those? Is he willing to compete? But the reality is with quarterbacks, they also look like, where am I going to have a chance to come in and play right away? Not everybody, you know, subscribes to that theory. We've seen it at Clemson in the years past when DJ Uyunglele picked Clemson knowing that Trevor Lawrence would be the starter when DJ was a true freshman, even Kate Klubnick pick Clemson knowing that DJ was likely to be the starter um, his his freshman year as well. You have other situations though where there looks to be a dearth of quarterbacks. So that's certainly something that's going to be weighed, but I also think it's going to be 
where's the best long-term development going to be? Maybe it's worth sitting for a year at a school if you know that quarterback coach has or that offensive coordinator or that head coach has a history of developing players like that in year one. We saw it even at Oklahoma in years past, and, and now we're seeing it immediately at USC with Lincoln Riley, where guys would go in there knowing I might have to sit a year because there's a guy there as a junior when I'm a freshman, but if I can just sit still that one year, then I got a good chance for two years and then went to watch for Pete. Yeah, so Jane Rashada taking a, a visit out to Ole Miss, and uh, Brandon Huffman will have the full report over at 24-7 Sports, so look out for that this week. Huff, uh, a recommendation on the headline, West Coast quarterback takes official to Ole Miss, gives real quotes. Uh, so then we'll move on to the, to the next topic. Justin Rett uh, is off the board once again. He just decommitted from Notre Dame, the four-star corner from Bishop Gorman, and he's going to join another top five recruiting class, committing to the Georgia Bulldogs. It's another place that surprisingly, Georgia has been recruiting uh, very aggressively in, in recent cycles. They were in on a few prospects from the from the Las Vegas area in, in recent cycles. They landed a, a big Fish and the former number one tight end in, in I think it was a 2021 class or a 2020 class actually Darnell Washington uh, who's still in that tight end room and and you know fighting for playing time with Brock Bowers another West Coast prospect this is a significant pickup because we don't really see Georgia have to leave its own region for playmakers at that skill position, corner, receiver, linebacker, you know, d- defensive back. Uh, but they've done it now a-, a few times with Keely Ringo, obviously having sealed the national championship game and now going back out West for Justin Rett. Yeah, it would just be, you know, people have been wondering for years what it would be like if, if Georgia could recruit, you know, what kind of players they could bring in. And man, I'm just really hoping that one of these days Kirby Smart's able to bring in <laughs> a, a lead club. No, I mean, he, he's at the point now where, and this is kind of where, you know, I know a lot of Georgia fans will hate this comparison, but I, I look at it a lot to like to Dabble Swinney. After he really was getting things cooking at Clemson, he didn't really recruit the West. He never really needed to recruit the West, but then it became, you know, obviously the whole point of West for the rest is to talk about all the guys from the West that leave. Then there was the Joe Nagata, there was the DJ Uyangalele, there was the Bo Collins run where he was getting guys from California and he got to be very picky and choosy who from the West Coast he wanted to recruit. And I think we're seeing that with, with, with Kirby Smart these last couple classes. And it started kind of with that key Ringo, Darnell Washington group. Then you get Brock Bowers the next year. Um, you had Kendall, Kendall Milton was also in that same group with Keely Ringo and uh, Darnell Washington. So you don't necessarily need to offer a ton of guys out West, but when you do, that offer will resonate with West Coast recruits because you're an elite national power who's winning national championships, who's recruiting the best of the best. And so you become that much more attractive to a West Coast recruit. It's one thing to be a recruit from the West Coast and have a national program recruiting you. It's another thing when that national program could really never leave their own state and get elite players. So that says a lot about you as a player. And I think you're going to continue to see Georgia be picky and choosy, but really starting to get kind of their pick of the litter of who they want from the West Coast. And Justin Reck continues that recent run of top end, top 247 type players from the West Coast heading down to Athens. Huff, interestingly enough, you know, you think about the competitiveness of going into an SEC position group and going to to compete for snaps and for reps. Uh, but Justin Rett is no stranger to that. You look at Bishop Gorman's secondary last season when he was a junior, and they had probably the best defensive back group in the country. Zion Branch, an incoming freshman at USC, and and you know a big time prospect. You had Cody DeCambra, another top twenty four seven defensive back, also in the twenty twenty three class. Fabian Ross, who is a freshman at USC, was there as well. 
well. Um, and then you factor in Jeremiah Hughes, who right now in the 23 class is getting a lot of buzz uh, with LSU offers, Washington, Utah, a few other schools in the mix there. Um, I don't think it's going to be in a sense, a shock for him to go down to Athens and try to compete for playing time. So Justin Rett to the Bulldogs as Georgia once again ventures out West for a top prospect. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to the West of the Rest podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on the West of the Rest podcast. Blair Angulo joined by Brandon Huffman, the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Huffman. You could also follow him on his new Instagram. Huff, you've been very active on the gram. Hey, you know what? It's all about branding, right? I'm looking for that NIL deal, an IL deal with Phil's, NIL deal with Ike's Place, you name it, Russian River, Starbucks. I'm all open. Hit, hit the DMs. They're open. I like it. So (laughs) I like it. So it's Brandon Huffman 247 on Instagram. That is it. And so what's what's your aim when you do like, are you taking photos from events or from games or seven on seven tournaments or showcases? Or are you kind of just linking articles? What's what can people expect when they go out to your Instagram? Yeah, a little bit of both. Pictures from events that I'm at, some of the top recruits that I'm at. For what I see at an event, um, there's going to be links to you know the videos you and I have done on the War Daddies. We did one on Josh Connolly a couple weeks ago. We did one on Gabe Rashad last week. Top eights with links to the stories in the bio. Uh, just a way to you know to to increase the the brand awareness of 24/7 and you know the, the recruits that we're covering. Yeah, you've inspired me. Like I I've had a separate Instagram account just for personal you know kind of interaction with with friends or family or people that I know from high school that I follow from 12 years ago. But yeah, and I, I think now I need to venture into the professional Instagram. Realm. Oh, yeah. Like, like you have to go in there. And, and it, what's interesting is, and I, and I know our listeners probably know this because they follow a, a lot of the same recruits on social media. And, and that's the fact that like, we have to kind of be monitoring what's going on at times, right? Like, you know, sometimes there will be a photo posted or a video posted and you kind of get some insight on, on a recruitment. And if you're not following things anymore, you know, in every sense of the word, Instagram, Twitter, I don't think anyone's doing Snapchat anymore, but, you know, TikTok even, uh, I think it's, it's important to, you know, get as much information as possible. So you're, you're inspiring me. I think I have to go the uh, professional Instagram route. That's really where it came from. It was the fact that so many guys were announcing their commitments on Instagram live. So if you didn't follow them, you wouldn't know exactly when they went live and guys were announcing uh, there, there was a kid who, you know, I lived down the street from a young man, Nathan Pritchard, who just committed to Washington state on 
Friday night and he had tweeted or posted on Instagram like at 11 or 12 p.m. He said he was going to announce it at 5 p.m. is when he was going to tweet it. Well, he tweeted it at like 12 or posted on Instagram at like 12 p.m. And I texted him. I said, hey, man, are you going to uh, tweet your announcement? Like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to announce it until five. I'm like, but you just posted it on Instagram. And then he tweeted the official announcement on Instagram. But uh, God, I'm tw- I can't even, I'm confusing myself on Twitter. It's, it's hard to keep. It, it's hard to keep up. Yeah. It was like, okay, I shared with my friends on Instagram, but I'm sharing it with the public on Twitter. You know, there, there's almost like two different avenues for it these days. No, hundred percent. I think, and there, there, there are different audiences, right? Like I, I've started to realize that some people do Instagram more than they do Twitter, but yeah, we've, we've gone, we can continue this conversation for another two hours. I feel like, because there's, there's so many twists and turns in the, in the, in the world of college football recruiting, but let's, let's move on to Oregon. Uh, we did break down USC last weekend with Chris Tavino. If you missed that show, you can check it out on our podcast feed, but the ducks also had a big week. And uh, the first spring game for Dan Lanning, uh, it was inside Autzen. It was a chance for a lot of these recruits to meet with the coaching staff for the first time. A lot of names that I know recruits are familiar with, but now getting a sense for them as coaches at Oregon brought a different dimension to the process. Uh, and there were some some big time players down there. Who did you catch up with or who did you have your eyes on in terms of making sure that Oregon uh, was kind of one of those schools that they're looking into right now? Yeah, Jaden Wayne was one that was down there. Sounded like he had a great time down there. I spent some time with the defensive line group, with the outside backers, uh, with Tosh LaPoise, uh, DJ Johnson, who is the defensive end at Oregon. He was one of the players that he got to be with. In fact, his dad tweeted a picture of the two of them together. Rashid Williams, uh, the top 247 receiver from Pittsburgh, who's teammates with Jaden Rashada. He was there. Blake Nicholson, the top 247 linebacker uh, from Manteca, California, was down there. They also had a, a handful of guys that had come in on Thursday uh, from Washington, offered three of them on that visit. They were there for the game, but they were there uh, for an unofficial visit. So Oregon was busy this weekend, whether it was unofficial visits, whether it was visitors for the spring game. And I think that that's what, you know, Oregon fans had been waiting to hear. When was when were they going to have kind of that big weekend? And I think that this weekend uh, with the with the large crowd that they had in Austin Stadium for the spring game and then the offensive fireworks that were put on display, I think that was what Oregon fans were really hoping for. By all accounts, they're still going to do Saturday Night Live in July. So that'll be another big opportunity for them to bring a number of players back. But, uh, you know, from all reports, Oregon really impressed a lot of those kids that were in town this weekend for their unofficial visit and were there for the spring game. Was it Willie Taggart that started Saturday Night Live or or was it Mario Cristobal? It was, it was Willie Taggart. The first year they did, it was in Willie Taggart's first year. And interestingly enough, our good friend Kevin Wade happened to get married the night who, who was covering Oregon at the time. His wedding was set well before Willie Taggart had set Saturday Night Live. So I was in Oregon. Kevin was in Oregon, but we were watching him get married. You know, so they swag surfed and shouted there. Did they really? They didn't swag surf, but they did do shout. They did do shout. I mean, who, we, it wouldn't be an Oregon party without a little shout, a little shout, shout. Um, exactly. I'm, I'm interested because you see some of these new things that coaches bring up, right? Like there's the Champion Barbecue uh, down at Oklahoma. Like, are they going to continue doing that now that Lincoln Riley's gone? Probably yes, right? It's such a big, successful weekend where they bring a bunch of alumni to campus. They park a bunch of cars on the field and have photo shoots with recruits and, and, and recruits love that stuff. They flock there. Saturday Night Live has become a big event for Oregon. Uh, I think recruits realize 
realize that it's a time for them to go up there and get a feel for what those coaches are like on the field. They, they get to coach them up in drills and one-on-ones and, and they have a whole session. It's kind of a practice, but it's also an opportunity for these recruits to go up there and get an offer. And I don't know if there's an offer out there, maybe aside from USC, that recruits out West covet more right now than that Oregon offer. So I, I think it's a brilliant move if Dan Lanning continues that Saturday Night Live theme with the events centered around it, the unofficial visit that kind of coincides with it. Um, and he's been around the block. He understands what it takes right now to lure some of these top prospects, given what he did at Georgia, given the success that that whole staff had. And and understanding what a recruit wants to see, it's going to be really interesting to see whether he tweaks it, whether he keeps everything in place, or what other new dimensions he brings to kind of that Oregon visit whenever prospects make it up to, to Eugene. And I think that that's really the key. It's like, there's a lot of things that coaches want to, like you said, they want to put their own touch on something, but they also want to say, Hey, you know, if if something's not broke, let's not fix it. And clearly, you know, Saturday Night Live was a success for Willie Taggart, a success for Mario Cristobal. And I would anticipate given that there's not a lot of schools in the PAC 12 that do a late July camp. Remember there's the dead period majority of, of July then there's that one week window. A lot of schools would rather just use Oregon to kind of uh, sorry, use uh, June to be their camp month. And Oregon decides that they want to use that for July. I, there's a reason to capitalize on that. So that that's always the thing for a first time head coach is what do we keep that's working? What do we not do that's not working? What can we institute that we think could work? And that's the mark of a, of a head coach. You got to really put your own stamp on a lot of things, or you can just continue to improve on things that have already been done. Yeah, I know we've talked about Jay Wayne before the five-star defensive lineman from uh, the state of Washington. And we've talked a lot about the schools outside the region. Is Oregon probably the the best chance that the Pac-12 has of keeping Jaden Wayne in the Pac-12 footprint? I, I would say so right now. I mean, that's not going to be something Washington fans want to hear given the Josh Connerly we to say, Oregon. We youth. say that a lot on this podcast, by the way. Like we say, yeah. That phrase, that phrase, I know it's not going to be something Washington fans want to hear. Like, I think if we if we did a keyword search on all the words we've ev- ever uttered on this podcast, it would be up there. And it's not personal. It's just simply stating this is how the it's kind of the state of recruiting right now. It, it, exactly. It's just kind of where recruiting is at right now. And I think, you know, the big key is that Washington needs to do something in a similar vein, whether it's do a big camp, whether they, you know, bring back uh, when I don't know that they, they traditionally have done a June camp. They've done the Dirt Dog camp. They've done the uh, Rising Stars camp. You know, there, there's ways to do it, but like from with Seattle having more players to recruit than Portland and Eugene, it, it seems like that's the case. Uh, you know, we're hearing that a lot, but I would say right now, I mean, Jaden Wayne is more likely to leave the West Coast footprint, but Oregon is definitely up there for him. And I think that that is something that, you know, Washington is in a sense kind of accepted. And we'll talk about it more next week after we talk about Washington's spring game. But, you know, it's not like Washington sitting idly by only expecting the local kids to come. They are recruiting more on a national scale more into California, but Oregon is definitely not being shy about trying to get into Washington's backyard, going down to USC's backyard to try to win similar recruiting battles for guys in key Pac-12 markets. And, you know, you're seeing it right now where there's a good chance that Oregon, if they, if, if Jaden Wayne stays in the Pac-12 footprint, that Oregon right now is likely the destination. I know we wondered 
like what the heavyweight battle would be between USC and Oregon, especially with two new head coaches coming from successful programs and getting kind of new fresh starts as head recruiters out West. Uh, But I I think it's been a little bit lopsided. Like I feel like it's been a, a, it hasn't been a fair fight right now because USC was able to get a Malachi Nelson so early. And we know what that means for recruiting to have a face of a class, especially at the quarterback position, especially if five-star a guy that's going to be helping you continue to sell your program to other recruits. So I think that's one thing that Oregon needs right now is to shore up that quarterback position. We mentioned Dante Moore. We mentioned Jane Rashada. I think it needs to happen soon for them to be able to keep up with USC. They just got two uh, four-star running backs from the state of Texas. The Trojans did this past weekend. So I think we're seeing that, that right now the scales are not even. And once Oregon's finally able to get their quarterback and get a little bit more me- momentum uh, in that recruiting class, we're going to see whether or not this this is going to be kind of a temporary recruiting battle or if USC's and Lincoln Riley might just run away with things uh, out West particularly. It will be fascinating to watch because already on Saturday, I mean, we, we saw it. congratulations to both USC and Oregon on their national championships because both it, it seemed like both fan bases were trying to one-up the other. Also, congratulations to Oklahoma on your 72,000 people that showed up for your spring game. That should really be a banner you guys hang in the stadium. But that's what spring's so beautiful, especially with new coaches, is... Everybody uses it as a way to say, you know, what did you, what was it you said in our group text, Blair? Where we talked about, you know, oh, all the guys. Yeah, I, mentioned, I mentioned that, yeah, the that all the players the next day will start talking about all the places that they are sore in, places that they never even knew could be sore, right? And, yes, uh, it's a testament to the the strength coach who you know is the best strength coach the program's ever had. The buy-in has never been greater. The offense has never looked more dynamic. The defense has never been more physical. The fan support has never been better. All of those things. You know, congratulations to 31 national championships that were won this weekend during spring games for every school that had one. It's always fun. I mean, I think everyone is is hopeful in the spring and heading into Is, is there summer. anything dumber, though, than like the... How do I put this in the nicest way? The, hey... Our crowd was bigger than yours, so we love football more. That was going on with Oklahoma and most of the Pac-12 schools this last weekend. Like, congratulations. You had 72,000 people that showed up for a football game. That's awesome. You know, what, you, know? you know, I thought about that while I was watching the USC spring game on national television. On uh, It was on ESPN. And they had like a drone shot or, or kind of an aerial view throughout the game, right? They would cut away and, and they'd show, but they would only show the seats that were filled, right? Like they weren't panning out completely. And it's maybe a bit unfair because the Coliseum holds over 90,000 people. So it, it's even if they pack 70,000 into that place, it would still look empty. Because that's still that's still twenty five percent of the stadium empty, right? And you know, sometimes you look at some of these other stadiums, and I'm not knocking Oklahoma. I'm not knocking you know the maybe the smaller stadiums that that don't hold as many people. But yeah, I mean they're full, and you you have to kind of contextualize uh, and say, okay, sixty thousand people showed up to the Rose Bowl today, but it holds ninety five thousand. Of course, it's going to look empty, right? Yes. And you know, we brag about attendances and people showing up to games and this and that. But I was also watching the Reds game the other day, and and it, we're in what week three of the season, and there's probably eight thousand people there. So you know, I want I want people to tell me, oh yeah, the traffic was terrible in Cincinnati that day. 
or yes. you know the rush hour it was awful to get down there um so yeah it, it, it's neither here nor there but it's fun i love the spring it's hopeful everyone's going to win everything uh and then we're going to get into the summer and you know i think people are going to start to realize oh we didn't get that quarterback we needed <laughs> oh we didn't get that receiver oh our blind side's not protected so it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun so Jaden rashada remember make sure you head on over 24 7 sports for that breakdown and and for sure real quotes from brandon huffman national recruiting editor for 24 7 sports brandon anything else before we go no i can't be <laughs> great way to end it for brandon huffman i'm blair Angulo, and our producer lance Lynn. let's not forget about him he's angry about the yankees somewhere uh you've listened <laughs> to the west of the rest podcast Gun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 